Hello and welcome to the latest This is the Music Meets podcast. Today I'm delighted to be joined by Will Brown and Joe Labram from Marseille, who are one of the most exciting bands on the new music scene and who are one of my favourite discoveries in 2021. Will, Joe, thanks very much for joining me today. How are you both doing? And how was the gig in Sheffield last night for Spongefest in memory of Sam Fisher? Hi, mate. We're doing all right. We're doing well. Uh, we played in Sheffield, obviously, last night, and that was mental because we had a ch the chase who we were meant to be opening for a few months ago, uh, opening for us. So it just shows how far we've come in the past few months. So that was pretty mental. Uh, it was a really good atmosphere, that was. Was uh, was it was it a full band gig last night or was it just um just an acoustic gig? Uh, it was, well, it wasn't the full band. We had a session drummer in because um we couldn't get the full band because of difficulties. But me and Joe did it with the session like the session drummer. He didn't have a bass player. But yeah, you got to do what you got to do. <laughs> Definitely. So um, so can you tell us how did the band start? Um, who the other uh, who the other band members are and where you got the name from? Um, well, I met Sam, the drummer, at my first ever open mic after me and Joe's last band split up. That <laughs> I got kicked out of that, so I, I had to go and try and find something to do. So I decided to go solo and did a few gigs here and there in like pubs and did a few open mics. And I met Sam at the first one I did. And he offered to record uh, my stuff as a solo project. And I just realised when I was in the studio, some moment just hit me where I was like, I don't want to be on my own. So I asked Sam whether he wanted to play drums for me. And then I brought Joe on board, obviously, through the connection of the last band. And then the studio we were using actually belonged to Ellie, who's our bass player. So we got her on board. And it's all stemmed from there. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. So... Um, just before we talk about um, the three excellent singles today, um, I just wanted to ask you a little bit, a little bit about the um, the clothing collaboration that you've done with um, with Mr. Shaw. So, firstly, how did that come about? Um, what was the inspiration behind the logo T? And are there any future plans uh, for any more collaborations? I think um, the inspiration with the the logo shirts is just uh, um, obviously we're we're a derby band. And um, I think us and Carl, who does the designs for us, um, like, should we make the design something um, with our Derby heritage? So we went out and did a photo shoot, and it was awesome because it's like we're still a small band, and we've just done a collaboration with the clothing band, uh, clothing brand, which is awesome. Yeah, the, um, I, I really, I, mean, I guess you guys must be really happy with how it's um, how it's come out anyway. Um, but it look yeah. they do look really classy, I think. I think um, it also came about to, to answer the first part of your question. I think our drummer had a connection with him um, somehow, so we got him on board, and um, yeah, he's a he's a great guy to have on side. It's uh, awesome. And you should check out his brand, Mr. Shaw. <laughs> there you go, Mr. Shaw. There you go. Bit of a bit of free advertising there for you. So um, obviously, we said you've released three singles today. Um, I'd like to know a little bit more about um, the latest release, State of Mind. So, where did sort of like the inspiration come for that song? Um, that was like a moment of magic 
really. Because uh, I just picked up the first guitar I saw at a guitar store. And then all of a sudden I played that riff, which was really surprising. So I took that to my last band and said, oh yeah, I've just written this. It's absolutely it's like a classic already. <laughs> and they said, no, don't use it. <laughs> and I was gutted. I don't remember that. No, I'm pretty certain the other two said Was it you that said it. that, Joe? <laughs> no, I've always, I've always liked Will and all his ideas. I, I was the bass player in that band. I didn't have much of a say. Well, yeah, I did really. well basically, um, uh, well, after that, after they turned it down, and I got kicked out, obviously, for being too persistent with my songs. Um, I wrote the lyrics about how I was going to come back stronger than they ever were. And that's basically how the song exists. That's how it came about. Ah, okay. Brilliant. So when um, where did you sort of touched a little bit there, we're on sort of like the inspiration for, for sort of like writing music and, and lyrics. I mean, is it... Is it always like do the other band like Joe? Do you get involved like now in like more in Marseille with like oh I, I don't like that lyric or you know we need to put this riff in or or anything like that or is it or is it solely down to to Will? I mean I all the lyrics and rhythm guitar and the bones of the song that's all Will. Um, all of us just write our own parts and whatever fits and because we're all on the same page we've we've got our influences which all go hand in hand. I write my parts we. So it's like we all do our bit, really, and we create this magic, if you might say. Yeah, well, definitely. I think the the three songs you've done so far, I'd wholeheartedly agree with that. That they are they're fantastic, fantastic songs. Um, so f- sort of more as a um uh, like a broader um question, this one with with the, what we've released so far. Sort of how how did you go guys go about recording uh the songs obviously i'm guessing it might have been a little bit difficult with with like the whole covid slash lockdown type of thing or well, um it wasn't as difficult as people might think really i mean because we formed there we, we just had time to bounce ideas through like video calls or zoom calls and just say oh, i've got this idea for a song this idea i mean i was on bass originally then moved on to lead so i was writing a few different parts um but with recording when lockdown got eased, we could go up to our bass player studio, which is where we lay down all the tracks. Um, so it was difficult when you couldn't really do that, but it just gave us more time to practice and get the songs down. So I guess it was beneficial. I'm um, I'm guessing that the the the, the uh, your bass player studio that's obviously local to you guys in in in, in Derby, is it? Yeah, uh, Mansfield. Oh, okay, right. It's yeah, about, it's about an hour away. <clears throat> Not too far. So, um, for someone that hasn't heard Marseille so far, um, what have you been doing? Um, but how how would you describe your music to a new listener? Uh, just rock and roll. <laughs> you know, just in your face, high energy. Unless you want some more meaningful stuff, that's like state of mind. And we've got more jangly ones like like in the locker, so they'll come out soon, hopefully. So either rock and roll or Sort of Stan Rose's sort of five songs, and uh, well, there's, there's, I'm sorry, there's, there's, there's nothing wrong with that sound at all. It's personally something that I, I absolutely love. Um, so you've sort of hinted there, probably a, a band that have influenced you. Um, is there anyone else at all that like bands or maybe solo artists that, that have had an influence either on sort of like the way that you write your songs or, or maybe you know, like your your approach to sort of getting your, your guitar riffs together at all? or 
Um, for me, I, my influences, uh, I have such a wide range, mainly through each decade from the 60s to uh, the noughties, really. I have an influence from each. So sometimes I'll go for a, an old Gallagher-esque then maybe some classic rock like Led Zeppelin. Then I'll go or John Squire. It all, it all gets mixed up and then it's like you combine them all and then you've got Marseille riffs, if you say. <laughs> Love that. So um, it sounds like, Joe, that you've obviously got quite a wide range of influence. Are there any sort of like particular albums that influenced either yourself or, or you will like over the like over the years? I suppose uh, I'm trying to think of one that had a massive impact on me. That's like not cliche because I suppose I think... the La- the Lars did the the Lars debut album had a massive impact on the way I write songs because I with that I started writing the songs on acoustic guitars instead of just going full on on electric. Because then you know if you play it on acoustic, it's a good song and it doesn't just need to be completely distorted to sound good. Yeah. Which lets you know it is a good song, like if it can be played in any way. I, th- I think for me as well, I'll depend on the type of song it's going for, I'll listen to it and I'm like, hmm, what vibe are we going for? And that'll just depend on what album I get influence off, really. So if I was ever writing, oh, I don't know. But sometimes I could uh, get an influence from like Unknown Pleasures by Joy Division. Then I'll go for a, a Roses sound. But the two albums that kicked it off for me that probably brought it all here was um, Kasabian's 4813, I think it's called. Yeah. And As You Were by Liam Gallagher. Oh, yeah. Sure. I've, got, I've got a little bit of an outlier. The albums that inspired me. Um, yeah. Gorillaz, Demon Days. It's not like an album or any genre that I listen to. I don't think Gorillaz even has a genre, but that was the album that sort of made me want to do music a bit more, because obviously there's the Stone Roses and definitely maybe and stuff, which I got showed when I was like 11, and then when I listened to Demon Days when I was about 13 or 12 or something, I don't know how old I was, that was sort of like the moment where you're like, yeah, that's what I'm going to do, I'm going to write music. Was 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 that uh, the Demon Days album? Was that was that their first album, Gorillas? Is that that's the second one? Second one, right? Okay. And um, Joe, just your reference there. The last the last two albums you mentioned the forty eight thirteen and as you were. I mean, I'm, it sounds like we're both in agreement that they're um, both fantastic albums with some with some brilliant tunes on there. So um, great yeah, great choices from, from from you as well. Oh, thank um, you. So kind of like how how did you both sort of like get started in into music? Like did sort of like you know a, a dad or a granddad or something, you know, just buy you an acoustic guitar to sort of get you going, or did it just sort of grow up a little not quite as I guess sort of cliche maybe as that? Um quite similar to me. I mean, my dad bought me a drum kit when I was seven years old, and that's when my music taste was completely different. That was when I was into all like the hard rock like Nirvana or Guns N' Roses. Um, yeah. So that's where my music journey began. Then it's um, evolved over time. And I grew up and listened to even better music. <laughs> even though those bands are still very good. Yeah. <laughs> quick, get that in there, there, quick. <laughs> yeah. And how about you, Will? Um, well, I only decided to do music because I realised I wasn't going to be a footballer anytime soon. <laughs> and that was my backup plan. I was like, either way, I've got to be famous. So... Um, uh, I got a, I asked for a guitar for my birthday and I got one 
and I just noodled around on that. I was rubbish at it, and then came back to it, and then I was like, you know what, I actually can play this. And that's sort of how it went. And then, obviously, getting showed Oasis, getting... Well, my dad's best mate lent me loads of chord books, so I had the Stone Roses, Oasis, the Beatles, the Rolling Stones, all stuff like that. So I was learning all of their songs when I first started out, and then all of a sudden I started writing my own stuff, which I started doing when I was about 15. And that, that was really surprising because it was a talent I didn't know I really had. I thought, because everyone moans about how hard it is to write songs and stuff, and I actually picked it up quite quickly. Like, the guitar playing on my songs, I know I'm not the best guitarist. I've always known that. But when it comes to making vocal hooks and actually doing like melodies and stuff, I'm pretty good at that part. And Joe's good at the guitar part, so it works really well. So we can have good guitar parts and good vocal parts just through us both working together. Yeah, well, I definitely agree there with what you've just said. The, the, um, your the sound that you've got the the vibe that you've got and, and how it works for you. I mean, obviously the three songs that we we mentioned uh, definitely showcases the lyrics, the guitar parts superbly well. And um, I think the reaction to each song, I think it's just been getting better and better each time as you guys are getting a bit more momentum. So keep it coming. That's what I say. <laughs> so how um. How do you guys prefer to listen to music? Um, is it vinyl, CD, or streaming, sort of download? Obviously, at the moment, you guys have, your songs have obviously only just been, obviously only, you've obviously released by streaming download platforms. Have you got any sort of plans in the future, maybe, to, to go down the CD or, or vinyl route? Yeah, 100%. Uh, when the EP comes out, which is hopefully soon, hopefully we can get an EP done, we need to actually record it first. <laughs> that that was so hope. maybe but, not anytime um, just soon. Yeah, soon is. <laughs> but we'll hopefully get some physical sales for that. Like maybe a few vinyls to sell and a few CDs for people to buy. Uh, I personally think that vinyl is the best way to listen to music, but it's just a faff to get all this stuff out and get your record players out and everything. It's just a bit faff because it's all in the loft. So I just <laughs> yeah. listen on Spotify. That that is the difference these days because I mean we've got a record player at my house and um i've got i've got um a load of classic um beatles records from the 60s which my grandparents gave to me and they're awesome and they've got that vintage smell and i'd love to listen to them but it's just like i need to get the record player set up first because if it's up to me i'd be up in my room just listening to the beatles and pink floyd and stuff all night <laughs> stuff like that <laughs> psychedelic i uh, definitely um I, I'm in agree. I think the vinyl is the um, is is the best way, and all, and I don't know how you guys feel about this, but sort of like the um, you know like the effort that the band have gone into, you know, in terms of like the artwork and and all of that, and and actually having something physical to to look at as well, sort of for me adds to adds to like the um, uh, like the listening experience, you know. Yeah, oh, definitely. It's also like the memorabilia. So if you pick up on a band before they've actually made it big, you can say, "Oh, I got that." before they blow up or whatever and yeah. then all of a sudden it's worth loads yeah well you can um when when you're well when your ep does come out you get around, you get around to recording it you can uh, you can definitely put my name down for uh, for one of your vinyls so um i'll be be definitely looking out for that um so for both of you here um of the songs that you've released so far today have you got a favorite one and why 
You can go first, Joe. <laughs> okay, I'll go first. Hmm. It shouldn't be difficult. There's only three. Um. <laughs> I'm hoping that you're going to have one each. <laughs> Different ones, obviously, I mean. I think we both are going to say the same one. Um, I have reasons for both. I am going to say state of mind because the riff is just awesome and the lyrics are meaningful. It takes you on a journey and you don't really get tracks like that anymore. So it is, and as Will said, to him, it's a piece of magic. And the fact that we get to play it live and people get to listen to that and have their own interpretation, whatever. Um, That's what it's all about, really. But shout out Adam Will's gone mad. Still bangers. Oh, Not definitely, mine. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> definitely, yeah. And and how about you, Will? Um, well, I guess he's taken mine, hasn't he? So uh, <laughs> I've got to I've got to say shout out loud because it's just rock and roll. Uh, shout out loud is an absolute banger, and it was actually one of the first songs I wrote. And I remember that one being refused the first time. Uh, <laughs> I hope I took it to the last band as well, and then. As I brought it in again, they obviously forgot I'd shown it them before, and they're like, "What's that? That's good." <laughs> and um, that's like how it all went. But uh, "State of Mind" is the most meaningful song to me because it's like something that's always pulled me through. Every time something goes wrong or whatever, you need to just bear in mind that you are going to come back stronger than you ever were because of it. And it's pulled me through so many times. Love, there are there are songs. There are songs we play live that are favourites to play and just for other reasons, because of the energy. But they're not released yet, so we can't say. So. <laughs> well, I, I, I look forward to, um, to hearing them when, you, when, you, when they do get released eventually. So do we. <laughs> so um, I apologise here because I'm not sure which one of you two I've been talking to on, on Instagram. Um, so okay, so I know then that you're definitely a Derby County fan. Joe, are you a Derby fan as well? Or yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, definitely. Um, you boys are obviously having the Rams obviously having a bit of a um a difficult time at the moment with the um the points deduction and, and all of that. And it looks like unfortunately there's a, there's another one coming. Um, which I'm guessing if that second points deduction comes down, you'll probably that will probably be you getting relegated. You know, probably to League One next year. Um, so what do you think of the club's current situation? Um, and has it put a downer? I mean, I don't know if you go to the games at all, but has it put a downer to either going or, or looking forward to the game? Um, and what do you think of Wayne Rooney as, uh, as your manager? I think he's actually improved the entire club atmosphere. Weird, weird thing, but all the fans have really gotten behind the team now. Uh, every single game feels like a cup final. Yeah. Like, the atmosphere is unbelievable. Our fans whenever we play anyone are far better than anyone else's and it's just absolutely like even when we go away we're way louder than everyone else <laughs> it's just absolutely unbelievable and i know it's like an extra three points taking off us but I, I i honestly think that based on how we've been playing and how well not recently we've been doing awful recently but like based on how we were playing in the first few games and until these last like two or three games we look like a team that would strongly survive easily, even with minus 12. So I, I'm not I'm not massively worried, because even if we go down League One, there's loads of new stadiums I can go to, which would be in. <laughs> but uh, I'll support the club whatever form it's in, and let's just see what happens this season, in my opinion. 
Yeah. And Joe, how, how about you? How do you feel about it at the moment? I mean, uh, Will follows football more than I do. Um, he knows a lot more about it. He, he's more into it. I'm just, I, I am a Derby fan, but he just knows more. So I'm just, whatever he says, I'm going to just nod along and like take his word for it and trust him. <laughs> well, let's, um, let, let's hope that uh, if, you know, if um, the young thing club does happen, you do get relegated, that you do make a uh, quick, a quick return back into the championship. Obviously, um, you know, Derby are one of the biggest, biggest clubs or to have been a big, big club in, uh, you know, in the English game. So, Good um, fingers crossed that you know make a quick comeback. Right, it's probably a bit so, early to be fair to be talking about relegation at this yeah. in November, but <laughs> let's not get too negative. Yeah, that's right. Um, so back back to music now. Um, if you could work with any musician, who would you choose and why? Oh, I don't know. Would it, were you talking like songwriting wise or having someone collab on like a song? Um. Let's let's say both, just to sort both. of and open it up a little bit, and because you know you might have a, a different direction for for one or the other. All right, okay. So I guess songwriting wise, I think it'd be really fun to collaborate with Serge from uh, from Kasabian. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Because uh, it's like high energy stuff like ours. But if you're talking about someone who could do like um, either some guitar or. Actually, no, scrap that. Surge, no. I'd do Richard Ashcroft oh. uh, songwriting. That'd be cool. Because it's a, Urban Hymns, like, acoustically, just sounds absolutely epic. Um, then, probably performance-wise, I might go for, like, John Squire or something. That'd be awesome if you could play a solo on a song. Yeah, great, great choices. And Joe, how about you? Uh, yeah, I'm going to look at it from a guitarist point of view. Um... I think it'd be awesome if one of our tracks we had Jimmy Page come on. I mean, bring him out of retirement. He he can just, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's a it's great awesome. choice. <laughs> yeah, there are so many, but I'd go for him. Bit different. So if you um if you had a musical time machine, what one gig would you go back and watch, and why? I don't think I've ever been asked this. Tricky. Hmm. I think I'd probably go to. I uh, since we're going to actual Nebworth this time round, uh, I think we might go to the main road instead. <laughs> so <laughs> I'll go to main main road in like ninety five. That'd be cool. Or Earl's Court. Either one of the two, but I think main road. Yeah. Um. Oh God. <laughs> Can't be stuck here. <laughs> I'm gonna say, I'm gonna go cliche. I don't care. The Beatles at um, what's that stadium they played in like '65? That massive one. I oh, can't remember the uh, name of it. Shea Stadium. Yeah, yeah, I'd go to that. Nice. Yeah. Lovely. And and uh, just on uh, sort of gigs there, can you remember what what the what the first gig was that you two went to, either together or sort of like separately or, or whatever? I can remember the first gig I went to. This might be surprising for some people. I went to see Cypress Hill at Brixton Academy. When I was eleven years old. <laughs> <laughs> wow, <laughs> that was that was an experience. Yeah. Yeah, I'll bet. <laughs> I'm trying to think. And... I really am trying to think because you put me on the spot here. Um, I think it was Gorillas. 
when I was like 13. Yeah, it probably was. But if you talk about like the first gig where I actually was like, whoa, it was Shed 7 at Rock City. Because I'd never been to like a sort of intimate gig rather than a stadium gig. And yeah. that was sort of the gig that made me like, yeah, gigs are awesome. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And they're of the Shed 7, a, a top, top band. Um, so if you were putting together a super group of current musicians, who would Ooh. you choose? And current when I'm saying musicians. current, I sort of mean, you know, like people that, that are theoretically still alive type thing, you know? Oh, right. Okay. So still alive. Okay. You go first, right. Will. I'll have a think. I'm still having a think. <laughs> and we'll, and we'll yeah, kind of like go for like the classic, the classic lineup. So we'll have obviously drummer, bass player, yeah, rhythm guitarist, and a uh, and a front man. All right then. How about we just go so like drummer, drummer, bass player, bass player, like do that if you want. So I'll name yeah. drummer and you name a drummer. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah, it's fine by me. Go I'm going to base it on musical ability. I'm not basing it on genres. I'm just based on what they can do. Yeah, I think. Yeah, cool. I think maybe. I think I would go for Rennie from the Stone Roses, because he's just like an insane drummer. I'm gonna try and make every member different. <laughs> yeah. Because I think that would be cool. Right, lovely, nice start, nice start there to to start us off. For my choice of drummer, because of his technical abilities, I'm just gonna go Dave Grohl, because I reckon he can do a bit of everything, and. Um, his drumming style, not only in Nirvana, in other bands he's been, is he's never failed to let anyone down with that, really. Yeah. Awesome drummer. Yeah, I think um, people forget that he was. That's how he. That's how he sort of become famous, I guess. If you want to, you know, as a as a drummer rather than being the sort of like the main man mm. of um, of the Foo Fighters. So great, yeah. great choices. Um, so who's going to be your bass player? Ooh. That's difficult because I'm going to try and make it all different members. Because if I was making a super group, it would just be the Stone Roses. <laughs> but I need I need to try and make it all different members. Oh. oh, I'm going to have to go cliche and say Paul McCartney. Nice, because he can sing as well. Yeah, that's Lovely. true. Oh, best player. There's a lot of tattoos going on. That's our thinking noise. Um, I'm just going to go Manny from the Stone Roses <laughs> do you know what I was thinking <laughs> as soon as uh, Will was going I'm, I'm not going to pick him I was thinking I know where you're going to go with this <laughs> mm. he's a great yeah. great uh, great bass player he's an eight Manny oh yeah awesome do you want to do lead guitarist then go on then Will I think I'll probably go for Andy Bell from Ride and Oasis. They did some cool tracks. They did. Yeah, and he's funny enough. He's obviously good, good, very good guy, uh, bass player as well. And I think he's sort of overlooked as 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 a bass player sometimes. Yeah, I think he's overlooked mainly as a bass player because he played bass in Oasis, which is yeah. where you have to follow the chords a lot. But he actually is way better than what people think. Definitely. Hmm. Uh, lead guitarist for me I've already mentioned is going to be Jimmy Page because he can do it like all in one so don't necessarily need a rhythm guitarist and he, he can adapt so like all, all of those musicians I reckon can adapt so whatever song you're going for that would just be awesome never happen but it'd be awesome <laughs> 
And uh, who, who's going to be your rhythm? Although you've kind of like got your ball of sound there in, in a way, really, with, with Jimmy Page. I'll, I'll go for a rhythm as well. Uh, um, I'd probably say Bonehead because he's like, he is the one who makes it all really punky. And I, he is the reason why Oasis were a massive wall of sound. Because as soon as he left, it was like the songs did sound more tame. He He's the one who makes it sound in your face. So I think I'd have to go with Bonehead. Yeah. Too fair, Will. I don't think you, you... You can't argue with that, really, Bonehead. Um, are we right to have the same answer? Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think, <laughs> I think Bonehead's going to be delighted here. He's in our super group. <laughs> and um, who's going to be the lad at the front? Oh, woman at the front, maybe. Oh, I've, I've just had one that's popped into my head that's going to be mint. I think it's either between Rob Harvey, the singer of the music, or Tommy Adele of DMAs. Both really good singers. I think it's going to have to be one of them. But if I had to choose one, based off technical ability, it would have to be Rob Harvey, Robert Harvey. Mm. Again, just thinking. Um, I do think Paul McCartney has got a brilliant voice and he's up there with one of my favourite singers of all time. But as a f- frontman, yeah, he could do it, but then with the other music. This is me thinking out loud, by the way. <laughs> um, <laughs> someone who is a good singer, actually, is Serge from Kasabian, because obviously they've just done a tour. I think he's, um, he's a really good singer, so I think um, I'm going to go for Serge, actually. Good frontman as well. Awesome frontman. You won't be let down at all. Yeah, definitely. Hey, loving loving the choices there. And um I think that there'd be a lot of people going to the gigs if uh if, yeah. if the super groups were, were to happen. Um so obviously Christmas uh is, is fast approaching. Um would you ever consider um either releasing a cover of a Christmas song? Um and if so, what would you choose? I don't know if we'd consider it, but if we had to choose one. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know. It just depends on our favourite Christmas song, really. We'll go on. What would you cover? I don't know. <laughs> I'm not massively into my Christmas song. Uh, He's a Scrooge. No, no, I'm not. It's just that <laughs> they, get, they get played in, like, November, and you're bored of them by it, the time it is Christmas. Yeah. Well, if I had to do one, it would probably have to be Last Christmas because it's, it's a decent song if you take away the Christmas part. If you listen to it any part of the year, you can say that's a good song. <laughs> yeah, love that, love that. Um, I'm gonna go. Um, I'm gonna go for Lennon's Christmas song, John Lennon's. Yeah, uh, I just think for a good Christmas song, I, I think it's really good and obviously awesome singer, and songwriter. Uh, yeah, got a Lennon's. good. Um, Good, good, powerful message as well in in uh, yes. Merry Christmas, War is Over, isn't there? Mm. So um, you've obviously got, uh, I think you've got an acoustic gig tonight, haven't you? Um, at the Bubble the Bubble Inn, I think it's called, in, in Alveston. Yeah. Um, yeah. So first and foremost, uh, good luck with the gig tonight. Um, obviously for a band that formed sort of during sort of lockdown, um, how have you enjoyed sort of playing live in recent months? Um, and have you got any more, any future plans for, for some live gigs before before the end of the year? Uh, I suppose we, we've sort of enjoyed it because we had to adapt because 
our drummer's per a person who's been in bands before and sort of gave us guidance on what we need to do. So we did that, we had to do what he was saying. Um, now we've learned, I suppose, next step is to get support slots and stuff and play at bigger venues. Because when we first came out and started playing pubs, I'm not being funny, but I think we're out, we've outgrown pubs. <laughs> pubs, for me, is people who are there for a drink, the band's just a bonus. It's not the same in this day and age, either pub gigs. I mean, word of mouth, it's just like, you you see people at a pub and not all but some just probably won't even pay attention to the band or they say they'll tell people and then they don't <laughs> yeah they, they um, say they say oh yeah your band's awesome oh let me tell my mates and stuff and everything they say oh yeah cool cool and then like no one does we have like a hundred people come up to you and say oh you're so good you're gonna tell yeah <laughs> no definitely i i am um... I agree wholeheartedly there with what you've just said. I think that um, you guys definitely have out outgrown the, uh, the sort of the pub the pub circuit definitely. Um, and as, as you mentioned, they're trying to get onto the, the you know the sort of the next stage, I guess, really to the, like the bigger like the actual uh, music venues. I guess maybe that's the the right term. I'm not sure, but um, yeah. and yeah, as you say, some people are just there. It's a like a it's a night out, and as you say, the the band is just like a oh. And, yeah, and, I, and that so yeah because i know if i was in a pub and there was a band and even if it was us i'd be like oh yeah they're really good but i'd probably forget or just not pay that much much interest and um, yeah no, that's not true that's not true if i saw us i'd be like whoa <laughs> yes i, I love wouldn't. this confidence i love it <laughs> <laughs> uh, i think we when i think our songs are like that the too energetic for pubs, like you go into a pub, you have a drink, then yeah, something like Shout It Out Loud or one of our other tracks that we can't say because I nearly listed one then. Apologies. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. They're just really energetic. So it's like everyone's there to enjoy a drink or Shout Out Loud comes on. I mean, I catch into most, but it's like, well. There was once yeah. a time where we played a pub. Well, it wasn't even a pub. It was like some sort of tea rooms which Lounge. you wouldn't expect oh, it was a really oh. weird thing but because no one was paying attention i literally almost lost it i was like do you know what you're listening to here you're listening yeah, to history yeah I was, I was like you're listening to the next big thing i was like almost about to like snap i was just no we, we both were, we were yeah. just looking at each other and it was like people are I picking we... on cucumber sandwiches and scones and it's like yeah. you want to listen to us I'm yeah, like, I know. Hardly any claps at the end, like shout out loud. But I mean, it didn't fit right. You got people enjoying like a. We played a really well as well. We played really well on that gig. It's probably like one of the best times we've played. And it's just the fact that we. I think we even played the songs twice as fast towards the end. We're like, we need to get out of here. <laughs> so, so on the subject of gigs, um, you guys are in charge of selecting. Uh, three bands to play live with you. Um, which bands are you choosing? And maybe we'll do it from sort of like as, as obviously this is the music is a, a new music. We'll do it as more of a of a new music uh, perspective rather than you know bands that we all love and sort of already well known. Okay. All right, cool. Um, uh, go on, well. Do you want to do one band each then? Uh, one band each, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, uh, I think first of all. I'd have to say the Institutes. I'd have 
because they're they're awesome. Their most recent album's just completely cool. Yeah. If I could describe it, it's like a mix of the Cribs and Ride, which is just awesome. So I love mm. them on the on the bill. I'm gonna go on um, for a fairly local band to us called Shadows of a Silhouette. They've got um really awesome songs, high energy, and all great lads. And uh, yeah, they're great. I like them. Yeah, well, I'm gonna. I'm, I'm, I know the institute very out. well, but I'll, I'll definitely check out your choice as well. There, Joe, I'd be interested to see, you know, their mix and their sound. So, what's what's next for Marseille? Um, are there any more plan? Are there any plans even for uh, new music before the year's over? Or are we now looking sort of more into to twenty twenty two for you guys? I think that's tricky um, for the end of the year. Yeah, uh, it depends on how fast we can produce. Yeah, because uh, this is going to be the first. I think this next uh, single or whatever, whenever we record it, I think it's the first time me and Joe are actually going to produce. Right, which is okay. Going to be very interesting. And uh, we can tell you yeah. honestly, we have no production background. We don't know what we're doing. <laughs> we have a basic understanding, and that's it. We'll give it. A yeah, shot. we have a very. But I reckon we can give it a go because I think we we know what we're looking for, and. I think just we just turn some it. knobs and we just turn some knobs and stuff until you're like, yeah, that's good. That sounds nice. <laughs> uh, but like, that's what the EP is going to be, and we'll release a single. I think the next single is a song called "She Knows a Place." So you heard it here first. There we go. And a little exclusive be, for us. <laughs> that's going to be, hopefully, as big as "Shy Out Loud" because it's just a rock and roll tune like that. I hope the next single is She Knows A Place Will because you change your mind every week. <laughs> well, we will see. Well, now you've said it live on air, you know, we've um, you, you're going to have to go for that one now. We're going to have to do it now. Yeah, good choice. There we I'm go. Joe, you can... Sticking you can, with it. Joe, just just screen, screenshot this clip forever and just <laughs> keep on it, Will. <laughs> so, um... What are your aims for 2022 in terms of new music? Are we maybe expecting like an EP release or is it just going to be uh, like a, a run of singles? With 2022, basically, don't obviously this because I do not know whether it will change. As Joe said, uh, hopefully early in the year, we'll get like one EP and then later in the year, the second one will come out. But leading up to the EP, there'll definitely be like a run of singles, like the big tunes on there, and then there'll be like one or two songs left for you to listen to when it comes out, and that'll be good. The next single we're going to release is called She Knows a Place, as I've said, I think. I think I said that. <laughs> yeah. But depending on where we are by the end of these two EPs, we'll decide whether we're releasing this album, and that's something that hasn't changed. Like the run of the set. Like the tracks have not changed. That's always going to stay the same. But if we get the production right, which me and Joe are actually probably going to do for these next few songs, it is going to be like insane. Like the next album is going to be immense, and I really hope that people do appreciate it when it does come out because it will be a classic. <laughs> well, I'm um, I'm sure that people will agree with your, your last statement there, um, and that they'll definitely dig it. Um, the three 
the three singles that you've you've released so far have been fantastic, and I think that reaction, as I said earlier on, um, I think it's just got better and better with each with each release. Sort of, you know, like the interest and sort of the um, uh, like the hype around the band as well. I think is just is just getting bigger and bigger, and I think that's reflected as well in the um, in in the streams as well for, for each song that you you guys have been getting. Um, Will Joe, sadly, that is the end of the podcast. Um, thanks both of you for being such great guests. I've I've really enjoyed it. It's been an absolute pleasure. Um, and to finally us. sort of meet you both, um, well, kind of, face to face rather than just uh, uh, direct messaging over on Instagram and stuff. Um, as I said earlier, good luck with the gig tonight. Um, and I wish you both and the rest of the band all the luck in the world um, with future releases. Um, as I say, and you know how, how I feel about you guys. I think you're a great band and I think that you are definitely going to go right to the top because um, you've got all the ingredients to do it. You've got the attitude, you've got the inner confidence uh, and just as importantly, you've got you've got the tunes as well. Um, just before you go, um, can you tell the listeners what socials you are on um, and where they can and your um, your hashtag or your ads uh, even? Uh, you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Marseille Band. That is on everything. It's just Marseille Band, one word. And also, we are on YouTube. If you type in Marseille and the name of one of the songs, for example, the YouTube channel will come up. It's just that it's quite underground at the minute. <laughs> the YouTube channel is. But hopefully. We'll be in the city soon. Yeah. <laughs> We'll soon take over the city and how and how big the band is will be bigger than the actual city. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> As I say, lads, thanks very much for coming on and giving up your time this morning. Um, and thanks everyone else uh, who's tuned in to the latest This Is The Music Meets podcast. Um, hit that subscribe button um, to get more alerts about forthcoming podcasts. And as Will just said, give, um, give Marseille a follow as well. Um, thanks very much lads and uh, wish you all the best thank you so much for having us thank you thanks so much for having us not a problem my absolute pleasure